is Juliana McIntosh. And I'm Brad Sutton. And, and this, this is, is The Art, Art of, of Drinking. Drinking. With Join Jules. And your favorite uncle. This is the best home bartending podcast. Where you learn how to make two drinks. A classic. And a twist. Plus a little backstory on the cocktail. So you have an interesting story to tell when you serve your guests. Your home crafted masterpiece. Uncle Brad, mm-hmm. we're back. We're back. I am so excited. People must be like, wait, is The Art of Drinking with Join Jewels and Uncle Brad back? Well, I am so excited that we decided to do a special holiday episode. Yeah, you know, I mean, hey, look, you can't like skip the holidays. We got to squeeze in an episode, right? So yeah, keep in. Plus, I kind of miss you. <laughs> so I know. I know. Yeah. I know. I I missed having our weekly cocktail. So mm-hmm. this seemed only fitting as the holidays was the first time I really learned how to make cocktails with you. So the holidays are special to us. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It's a special time of year. But honestly, it got really special this episode, didn't it? <laughs> I know. Right? I know. Well, and so we are so lucky and so thrilled to announce that this episode is sponsored. This is our first sponsored episode mm-hmm. with CNH Sugar. So we're using the CNH Turbinado Sugar, and we're making not only one cocktail, but we're making two cocktails with this sugar, which I was thinking about at Uncle Brad. We are always making syrup. So the fact that we have this sponsorship for this episode, I mean, it just totally made sense. Uh, yeah. Kinda. I mean, seriously. So, like, <laughs> the one sugar I go to all of the time, and I'm not saying this just because they're sponsoring. It's CNH sugar. <laughs> I, I grew up on CNH sugar. I always use CNH sugar. It's literally the one ingredient I probably I'm touching a bag of CNH sugar minimum a couple of times a week. Yeah, and I have to tell everyone too. It was hilarious because. Brad and I, this is our this is our passion project, this podcast. We we love doing it. So I wanted to hold off until we got this deal. And it was the funniest thing, I kid you not. When I texted, I called you. I called you and I said, we got this partnership. My dad was over. Yeah. He texted me a picture right after we got off the phone. And it was a picture of you scooping sugar out of the CNH bag because you were making a cocktail right when I called you using CNH <laughs> sugar. So I was like, this is syrup. this. Yeah. So it's so funny. I mean, as, um, soon, as soon as you said it too, I'm like, oh, CNH, pure cane sugar. I, I remember that song from when I was a kid anyways. Oh, so excited. Oh my God. Yeah. Okay. Well, before we go into the cocktails we're making, I feel like for CNH sugar, I, I'd love, since you're our cocktail historian, can you give us any backstory to why the sugar, we all know and love it? Yeah. We'd be happy to give you a little backstory on CNH. So- CNH based out of Crockett, California, uh, which is north of Oakland and not too far from Martinez, California. And we should remember the significance of Martinez, right, from previous episodes. That's the home of the Martinez cocktail, and some would debate also the home of the martini, which I disagree with, but we'll not get into that right now. Let's go back to CNH. So CNH, uh, they've been crafting sugar and happiness, Jules. Uh, that's been their mission since 1906. And back then, when they were simply known as California and Hawaiian, they dedicated themselves to quality. And that quality has earned them a respect that remains a century later. Uh, 
In the years since, they've expanded their renowned line of sugars and even their fan base. But some things remain the same. They're still in California, still committed to quality and still on a journey to bring sweetness to each and every home baker, professional chef, and bartender. When you mix family, friends, food, drink made with CNH jewels, you have the formula for those magic moments and memories that you'll never forget. In other words, the recipe for happiness starts with CNH. For those of you wondering, and this is the best way that I can explain it, they are the brand that you go in the grocery store. It's the pink, blue, and white packaging. I mean, once you see it, you're like, oh yeah, I've been using this for years. I honestly, I did the same thing. I went into my pantry and I was like, yep, that's that's who I thought was emailing me. So with that being said, we are using CNH Turbinado Sugar. And we are making, Uncle Brad, we are making a figgy old fashioned. Mm-hmm. And I am making a cranberry holiday margarita. Feliz Navidad. Okay, so let's get into it. All right. Let's get into our traditional, this is a traditional episode, so we're not gonna skim here. We're giving you two recipes and a history lesson. So, Uncle Brad, what do we need to buy for your cocktail? Well, Jules, of course we need to go buy CNH turbinado sugar. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's the fact, Jack. So you're gonna go get some of that. And then if you can uh, find them, fresh figs, otherwise dried figs are great, especially, so you're going to want dried figs to make the simple syrup because they're more flavorful. The fresh Mm -hmm. figs are great for garnish. I like Mm -hmm. to buy both, but there's a season for figs and we're coming to the end of the season. So don't fret, go get dried figs. I got Turkish figs, which are the white figs. Mission figs are great too, which are the darker figs. You're going to definitely need to have uh, some type of saucepan available and a strainer because you're going to want to strain uh, the figs out. And then, of course, you're going to want to go get bourbon for your old-fashioned. And uh, you're going to want to get orange and a cherry. And this is especially important if you can't find the fresh figs because you'll use these for garnishes as well. Make sure you have cocktail picks. Mm -hmm. Cherry taco. Of course, we're going to make a cherry taco. (laughs) You're going to want ice, naturally. I like Bitter Cube Trinity Bitters because it has cherry and orange bitters uh, mixed within. And then they've got this other bitter type that's got some cinnamon and cardamom and some interesting flavors in there. It's delicious in this old fashioned. Bitter Cubes Trinity Bitters. Get a double rocks glass. And of course, you're going to want a mixing glass, a mixing spoon, and a jigger to measure your two ounces and half ounce. Nice. Jules. So we're doing a classic build with uh, just our syrup and figs as a garnish. That's kind of the only thing. If people have made from last season the old fashioned, mm-hmm. they really only need to get a few additional things. Well, so. yeah. So let me take a moment here because the old fashioned we made at the beginning of last season, that was a Wisco old fashioned. The old fashioned mm, that we're making right. now is more closer to a classic. And the formula that I'm going to give you when we talk about how to make it, it's you can use this with any simple syrup and um, just knock out a great, great old fashioned. Yum. Okay, my turn. Yeah, please. All right, cranberry margarita. It's a classic, honestly, a go to. Once you make the syrup, you can kind of play with the recipe too, just because I feel like it's such a, a versatile syrup and delicious. So to make our cranberry margarita, we're going to make a cranberry cinnamon 
simple syrup. I do know that there are some people out there who despise cinnamon. If you are one of those people, do not worry. Uh, that is okay. Just omit the cinnamon. Wow. Uh, tastes great with just a cranberry I, as well. I but I, I have, there has been some cinnamon slander out there. I and I just, I want to make that sure that- cinnamon slander existed. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. So I want everyone to be happy and and make this syrup. So uh, if you don't like cinnamon, just, just take it out. So what you're going to need to make your syrup, first and foremost, is that CNH turbinado sugar. Uh, you'll want fresh cranberries, cinnamon sticks, You'll want your sauce pot, you'll want your strainer, and measuring cups, of course, to measure everything out, equal parts. Uh, just never forget that. And then for the margarita, what we're gonna want is tequila. And I like to use a Blanco for this because I'm just doing a classic margarita build here. But again, use what you like. That's what this whole thing's about. So tequila, fresh limes, you'll want some fresh oranges, you'll need your orange liqueur. Now to garnish, I like to use a sprig of rosemary and fresh cranberries. I think it's very festive. And then for uh, additional things you'll need, you'll need a cocktail shaker. That's double-sided tin. You know we love those. Hawthorn and fine mesh strainer. You'll want a jigger. You'll want your cocktail glasses. And if you're listening and you're going to make this after this episode, just put them in the freezer right now. And then you'll just want to get a citrus zester, um, and a citrus squeezer and a small plate because we're doing a fun rim for this as well. But that's that's really it. We're just gonna make a, a festive holiday cranberry margarita. Super delicious. Bingo. Yeah. All right. What do you think? Should we, uh, is it time to make our drinks? I think it is, yeah. Let's, let's walk them through it. Uncle Brad, I want you to make your cocktail first because I think regardless of what my takes were on the old fashioned a couple months ago, mm. I do I do believe an old fashioned is delicious this time of year. And you can make it in so many different holiday variations that I love your idea with the fig. You know me, I love figs and yeah. I love fresh things. So I'm excited for this. I think a lot of people will like this uh, this recipe. It's funny, I was I was kind of thinking about uh, a holiday classic and the song, you know, bring us some figgy pudding, oh, bring us, like kept running through my mind and I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to make a figgy old-fashioned. So that's what we're making is a Perfect. figgy old-fashioned. All right, so to make the simple syrup, super easy. Step one is uh, you're going to take one cup of your CNH turbinado sugar and you're going to put that in a mm -hmm. saucepan and you're going to add one cup of water to that. And then you're going to take your five dried figs. And what I did is I quartered those dry, uh, dried figs just to mm -hmm. expose all the surfaces with all the flavors. And I put those in the, in the saucepan. And then I heated the, uh, the ingredients while stirring to a boil. And once that got to a boil... I reduced it down to a simmer, and then I just let it sit and simmer for about 20 minutes. And so mm -hmm. while that's simmering, you're doing whatever you want to do, right? It's pretty easy peasy. Listen <laughs> to some holiday music. Maybe roll mm -hmm. out your cookie dough, right? And uh, get after your uh, your cookies, Ooh. whatever you're doing, right? So this is simmering. And then once it's done simmering after 20 minutes, you are going to uh, remove it from the heat. And you're going to let it cool to room temperature. Now, if you're like, you know what? I don't want to wait that long. What I'll do is I'll fill my sink up with ice cold water. 
and I will put the pan, the saucepan, in the sink, not so it like floats around and it tips over, right? Like be smart about it, but <laughs> just have that pan right. sitting in the bottom of the sink, fill the sink up with water and just let it sit there for a few minutes and it will cool off. That will cool off the, the, the ingredients for you. Then I just take that, I strain that into a glass jar, cover it up. And if I want to hang on to it for a while, I stick it in the fridge. And if I want to add maybe an ounce of uh, vodka to that, that will fortify it. So instead of, you know, waiting two to four weeks before it goes bad, I might get another extra couple of weeks out of that um, out of that simple syrup in the freezer or in the fridge. Okay. Mm-hmm. So now I've got my simple syrup built, and now I'm going to build my old-fashioned. So this whole time, if you have been listening to this show, you know that your rocks glass, your double <laughs> rocks glass has been chilling in the freezer. People probably have a glassware freezer by yeah, now. Yeah, I know, seriously. It's like, <laughs> I've got my beer fridge and then I've got my glassware yeah. fridge. <laughs> it's a freezer though, <laughs> right? Yeah. All right, so mm-hmm. you, got your, you got your chilled rocks glass out there waiting for you. You're going to take your mixing glass and you're going to add ice to your mixing glass, which is different than your rocks glass. And you're going to add two ounces mm-hmm. of bourbon. You're going to add a half ounce of your fig simple syrup, three dashes of your Trinity bitters, and then you are going to stir that for 20 seconds. And then in your double rocks glass, I like to deposit a big chunk of clear ice if I've got it. Otherwise, fridge ice will do. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to strain using my Hawthorne strainer, my mixing glass ingredients into the double rocks glass. And then I'm going to garnish that with half of fresh fig. Mm. If I don't have the fresh fig, just make a cherry taco. So just uh, get your uh, get your orange slice taco. out there, your orange wheel, half that, turn it into a little taco, spear it with uh, your cocktail pick and make sure you get the cherry in the middle and the spear goes out the other side and rest that on top of the drink. Now you're saying, well, what's the orange and the cherry doing there? Why isn't the fig in there? You can put a dried fig in there if you want. A fresh fig looks a lot better. But the cherry and the orange mm-hmm. still belong because you have cherry and orange in those bitters, in those Trinity bitters. So it's A-OK to use that as your garnish. And that's, my friends, is how you make your figgy old-fashioned. Wow. That sounds like something, you know, I just want to clear the air, okay? I had old-fashioned slander early on in our first season. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to take the, the time now to apologize. Uh, oh, yeah. I was wrong. Mm-hmm. The old-fashioned is delicious. I mean, come on. Who was I to say? So, Uncle Brad, I cannot wait to try this cocktail. Oh, I'm, I'm telling you, this fig simple syrup, will you will fall down and like do a circle. Yeah, running in a circle on your shoulder, yeah. like on the ground. Yeah. Like the Three Stooges. Yeah. yeah, it's so good. You know me. I love, I love syrups. And- by the way, the one that I'm making is my classic go-to. I've been making this one for years. I put this in everything. I Not only am I putting this in a margarita, but I would put this in something as simple as a daiquiri, you know? Like this is my cinnamon cranberry simple syrup. Mm-hmm. Too easy. All right, so let me walk you through it. So my cocktail is the holiday cranberry margarita. So we're going to need to make our cranberry cinnamon syrup, which you're going to want a medium saucepan, and you're going to want to add your cup, just one cup of the CNH turbinado sugar with one cup water. From there, you're going to add in cinnamon sticks and fresh cranberries. I like to add in a whole bag of cranberries. I think it's about 
what, eight or 12 ounces is, is the bag. I, I add them all God, in there. Get after it. Um, all right. Yeah, I know. So I I love cram. I'm, I am a huge cranberry sauce person and I love cranberry syrup. I'm a cranberry lover. So just add the whole bag in there, okay? And place on medium heat. And what I like to do is I like to, like Brad does, bring it up to a boil. That way the sugar starts to dissolve. But then what we're gonna do is once it comes to a boil, we're gonna put it on a simmer and you're gonna let that simmer for about 15 minutes or until the cranberries have popped. And you will know when the cranberries have popped. So whether that's 15 minutes, just wait until they've all popped in your saucepan. From there, I let it cool completely off the heat and then I strain it into a glass jar. Like Brad said, two to four weeks in the fridge. And then once you have your syrup, it's time to make our cocktail. So first things first, put your glass in the freezer, all right? Uh, I know you've done it already. This is this is sounding silly at this point, but just if you haven't, uh, I won't judge you, just go do it now. From there, before we start building our cocktail, grab a small plate. And what you're gonna wanna do is add some salt to the bottom of the plate. And I like to add a little bit of fresh orange zest. I think that this really, from the smell to the taste, I think it really creates just a holiday environment. So I put that on a plate, mix it together, and then I rim my glass with um, fresh lime juice from a lime wedge. I rim the glass with that salt mixture. I put it again in the freezer. Now, while my glass is freezing and chilling in the freezer, what we're gonna do is we're gonna grab our cocktail shaker and we're gonna add our tequila. And what we're gonna do is about an ounce and a half of tequila. We're gonna add three quarters of an ounce of orange liqueur. We're gonna add about three quarters of an ounce of fresh lime juice. I like to add in, again, a little fresh orange zest. Uh, This is optional. And then from there, three quarters of an ounce of our cranberry cinnamon syrup. We're gonna add in our ice, give this a good shake. And then we're gonna grab our glass out of the freezer, double strain this into our final glass, and then we're gonna garnish with just a fresh sprig of rosemary, a couple of fresh cranberries, and then I like to add in a lime wheel. I feel like all margaritas look beautiful with a little lime wheel in there, but that's it. And when you have the orange zest salt rim and you have the rosemary and cranberry garnish, I feel like it just looks like holiday in a glass. I just think it's so fun. Yeah. So of course, garnishing and the and the rim is optional. Um, if it's too many steps, I totally get it. But yeah, if you want to go for it, go for All right, it. Come on, whatever. You know, what are we doing? Are we like brain surgery over here? Take the steps. Yeah. Take the steps. Yeah, do it. <laughs> Trust. Honestly, if anything, do it for the first drink so you can take a picture of it. And then yeah. you know, towards the end, you're not going to want to make you know it what? like that every time. Take so. a picture of it. We want to see the pictures. Yeah. So there you go. Okay. I have my cocktail. I don't know, Uncle Brad, if you still have yours. But <laughs> we do a history section every time. And Uncle Brad, I thought that it was perfect that you want to do the history of Yule. Yeah. Yeah. I want to get into uh, kind of the reason behind the season, if you will. So why don't we uh, why don't we do that? So grab your holiday cocktails and sit down. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, fire. Brad, I have my cocktail. Unfortunately, I do not have the fire right next to me. However, 
I am ready to understand the history of Yule. What a what a great idea that you had for our history segment. I'm pretty impressed. Yeah, I mean, this is it's kind of a bit more than Yule, but I think it's a great way to describe it. Because I mean, what do you say this time of year? Like, hey, mm-hmm. Yuletide greetings, right? Well, yeah, because not everybody celebrates Christmas, no, right? No, so, but this time of year. But everyone loves a holiday cocktail. It is, you know, we call it the holidays, right? We're celebrating. And this is like, I mean, I, I know it's your favorite time of the year. It's my it favorite time of the year. I just, I, I love that span because I got to tell you something. Like I am, if there is ever a case study for seasonal affected disorder, it's me because it gets to wintertime and I'm just, <laughs> ooh, 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 you know? I know. It's so dark. Oh, it is. It gets just so dark, you know? And I just, I, I love, I love the sun, right? But, but when it gets mm-hmm. to Thanksgiving time, to New Year's. That is my favorite slice of the year. It, it really is. And I love Yeah, Sunday. I feel like I'm on a sled with like jet engines, just pew. <laughs> <laughs> jet engines and like, you know, drink in one hand and like, you know, a piece of cheesecake yeah. in the other. Yeah. Like you're just like <laughs> but I, yes. I yes. totally love this time of year. And and the reason why I love it is I I love the smell of the fires outside. You know, I'm you're in California, you know, down in San Diego, you know, up here in Minnesota, you know, people have fires because we need to stay warm. And so I love that <laughs> smell in the air and I love having a fire in the fireplace. And it was always a time of year where I, you know, I you see family, right? And you see friends and mm-hmm. you reconnect with friends that you haven't seen in a long time. And, you know, you go get drinks and you you eat and you have fun. And it's like you rinse, repeat. It's just kind of this continuous celebration. And mm-hmm. and that, to mm-hmm. me, is what makes this time of year so special. Wouldn't you agree? I would agree. I feel like also it gives us an excuse to try and experiment with really fun cocktails with your loved ones yeah. or yeah. friends, you know, which I guess our loved ones too. I'm not, I'm not saying that they aren't, but I just feel like it's a really fun time to really the, the days are shorter, so you're spending more time inside, which means mm-hmm. you're experimenting with with uh, new food ideas, cookies, baking, cocktails. I just feel like it's so cozy in the house, which is perfect. I do love it. It's, it's the silver lining of the dark days. Thousands of years ago, Jules, our ancestors knew that these were special times, and not to say that <laughs> they're like, oh, it's you know, Christmas season's coming. That's not what they're. That's not what they're all whipped up about. Mm-hmm. We may have not been advanced in a lot of things, but our ancestors knew there was four key moments throughout the year, and that was the summer solstice, the equinoxes, the autumnal, the vernal equinox, and then winter solstice. And the winter mm-hmm. solstice was especially important because. Um, it was the time of year where it, it got dark and it got cold, right? So let's yeah. jump into our time machine. Let's go back several thousand years and let's get to Scandinavia. <laughs> so we're in Scandinavia. Nothing is growing, right? The leaves are off the trees. The crops are harvested. Everything is dead, except for certain plants like mistletoe. Mm. It was believed that mistletoe maybe had some special powers. In fact, they thought that Frigga, who is the wife of Odin and goddess of beauty and love and marriage, she lost her son to a trick that was played by Loki on another god to shoot an arrow of holly at her son, and it killed her son. And she was so sad 
that when she cried, her tears created these white berries that are on mistletoe. And she used mistletoe to heal her son and bring him back to life. And so Frigga said that whoever shall meet beneath the mistletoe, they must kiss. And if they kiss, they would forever enjoy her protection and good health. Aww. Now the Scandinavians also noticed that there were some special magical plants and trees out there in the winter because, you know, they saw the sun growing weak and sick during the winter and they thought that, okay, well, you know, the sun's going down, it's getting sick and all of these things are dying around us, but yet there's these trees and these bushes that seem to remain green, these evergreen trees. And for mm-hmm. some reason, they did not get sick and die. And so they must have magical mm. powers. The Germans, the Scandinavians, other Euro- Northern Europeans, they would take these evergreen boughs and, and branches and even trees, and they would bring them into their homes and they would hang garland above the doorways to prevent evil spirits, spirits that would bring them sickness <laughs> and prevent them from coming mm-hmm. in. And they would plant evergreen trees in boxes inside the house. And so that that evergreen tree would promote good health within the house. And they they had that there until they waited for the renewal of spring to come, which things will start to grow again. So now nights are dark, you know, and especially here in Minnesota, I mean, it's like, it feels like it gets light at like eight o'clock and it gets dark at like, you know, 12, which is not really the case. It gets dark at like five, but it gets dark early. And so the Still, nights are dark yeah. and the nights are long and they're cold. And so people would burn fires outside to kind of brighten things up. And in Norway, what they would do is they would cut down these large trees and they would call them Yule logs. And they would drag these Yule logs <laughs> into longhouses. And what longhouses were is it's like a meeting place where the community got together and they would, you know, they had a big fireplace in there and they would take this log and they would stick it in this giant fireplace and they'd start the end on fire and they would continuously feed this log into the fire for days. And this became a Mm -hmm. celebration. And this celebration took place exactly on December 21st, the winter solstice, the shortest day of the year. And it ran for 12 Mm -hmm. days after um, the, uh, the, the burn started. And during the celebration, they would feast on meats because Yule marked the start of the hunting season, and they also would feast on livestock that they harvested because you couldn't keep livestock around because it was expensive, Mm -hmm. you know, so to speak, to feed the livestock throughout the winter because you needed that grain to feed your family. So you would harvest that livestock, turn it into meat, and they would have this giant feast for 12 days. It also happened to be the time that wine and beer and meat and all of this stuff kind of was ready to be consumed. And so there was a lot of drinking and there was a lot of eating and there was a lot of partying <laughs> happening uh, in okay. Norway as All well right. as the rest of um, as, as rest of Europe as, you know, Vikings came and they conquered different parts of the world and they brought their traditions right. with them. Speaking of places that uh, experienced Vikings, let's take a trip over to pre-Christian Britain where this tradition kind of mm. carried on, but it shifted a little bit. So now instead of these big long houses, these celebrations were moved into manor houses. And they weren't chopping down big trees, but they were having fires and they had these giant feasts. And the lord of the manor would host a giant party where food and drink would be available. And what they drank was something that was comprised of cider, ale, mead, spices, and apples. And revelers would fill their mugs with this 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 
grog, and they actually called it wassail because the, the man, the Lord of the manor would get up and he would toast everybody in the room and he would say, wassail. And that had a meaning of saying, you know, good health, like to your health. And so eventually it just mm-hmm. got this term wassailing or wassailing. And so this morphed mm-hmm. into a celebration where people would then go into orchards in, again, back in pre-Christian Britain, and they would march around the orchard singing to the trees, drinking their <laughs> drinking their beverages and making a yes. bunch of noise yes. again because they're warding off evil spirits that might come and ruin the harvest uh, in the orchard. So they mm-hmm. marched around, drank, and then eventually that morphed into, well, let's march around the streets and we'll knock on doors and, and sing and offer people a drink from the wassail bowl and then, you know, in exchange, they would get gifts. Aww. People really started to get into this and started to really party, right? Well, in Italy, mm-hmm. they celebrated something called Saturnalia, which is Saturnalia. That is the time of year. And again, this is during the winter solstice where they celebrated Saturn, the god of agriculture. Mm. They celebrated the God of agriculture because the harvest was over and they were, you know, obviously praying for a good harvest the next year. And during this celebration, it was interesting because, you know, they had slaves back then and slaves would switch roles. So they would allow the slaves to become the masters and they would give orders and they would have this giant feast and everybody was drinking. And in general, Italy became kind of unruly as people partied like it was Mm. Mardi Gras. But the big thing was, is that family would come together, friends would come together, and they would exchange gift, give thanks, and and generally just kind of love on each other while they're all drinking and eating and having a good time. All of this partying is happening during the uh, solstice, and um, Christianity starts to become a thing, right? So mid-first century, Mm -hmm. right, uh, in Judea, Christianity begins, and throughout Christianity's growth, Christian leaders are trying to figure out, well, like, how do we spread the joy that is uh, that is Christianity? And so the church notices that people are really rocking and rolling during this winter solstice time of year. Like, mm-hmm. this is really party central. I mean, what else are we going to do? Yeah, yeah. Hey, you know, like, <laughs> it's, the nights are cold. You got to stay warm. <laughs> yeah. Let's drink and sing and bang pots and pans yeah. together and make a bunch of noise. and. <laughs> So Pope Julius I says, hey, you know what? Uh, Why don't we uh, celebrate uh, the birth of Christ right about this time? And that happens to fall on um, uh, December 25th, as a matter of fact. Mm -hmm. And uh, so they Mm -hmm. put the birth of Christ right in the middle of all of this partying so they could start to incorporate Christianity into all of these celebrations. And it kind of worked because look Mm -hmm. at it, right? Like now Christmas is celebrated when? December 25th, right in the middle mm-hmm. of uh, of all of these celebrations that are going on. What do we do at Christmas? Mm-hmm. And this is the interesting thing, is that they got to choose when Christmas would be, but they didn't really get to choose how Christmas would be celebrated. And so what happens when you celebrate Christmas now? You decorate your house with mistletoe and garland. You know, you bring in an evergreen tree and you prop it up and you decorate mm-hmm. it. You go Christmas caroling, right? And that's what wassailing eventually morphed into was Christmas caroling. And you're feasting with friends and family and exchanging gifts and all of this partying. And the Mardi Gras thing actually used to happen too. But then like the Puritans, I think it was back in the 1400s, they got a hold of Christmas and they said, hey, look, you know what? Christmas is canceled. 
We're not doing Christmas anymore. There's way too much partying. You guys don't understand the meaning. And then somebody finally said, you know what? Yeah, no, we're not canceling Christmas. We're bringing Christmas back. (laughs) Christmas is fun. We'll change things a little bit, maybe. Okay, we'll make it a little bit quieter around the house. But still, people will go out caroling and decorate and have a good time and come together and really be with friends and family. So Mm -hmm. the point of all of this is, one, I thought this was super interesting. I actually ran into this story when I was studying Punch, when we were talking about the Fish House Punch. And I was like, oh, my God, I did not know there was this backstory to this time of year. Yeah, I didn't either. The second thing is, is that regardless of your religion or your culture, in the Northern Hemisphere at least, right, these are short days for us. Mm -hmm. We celebrate Christmas, you know, you celebrate Hanukkah. The Egyptians celebrate Ra, which is, you know, the sun god and and his return to his rightful place, right, in the sky. So the, the darkest days are behind us after the 21st. The Japanese celebrate uh, Omikos, Omi, Omisoka. They, celeb- they celebrate Omisoka, which is the end of the year and washing away the year that was and washing themselves and preparing themselves for the year that is to begin. The Chinese celebrate, you know, the Chinese New Year, which is a celebration of the harvest. Regardless of the culture, Mm -hmm. regardless of the religion, this time of year is a celebration because what we're celebrating is the beginning of the new year and getting ready for kind of the rebirth of the world. And so it's a good time to get Mm -hmm. together with friends, with family, enjoy some cocktails, enjoy some good foods, and think about the year that was and prepare for the year that is ahead. So to that, I say to yeah. all of you and you, Jules, happy holidays. <laughs> happy holidays. Yeah, if nothing else, we're celebrating that after the 21st, we're now going towards longer days yeah. instead of the opposite. Yep. So you know what? Happy holidays and cheers to finding the sun later, hopefully soon. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Here's looking at you, Ra. Ah, well, okay. I love the holidays and I love what it represents in the in the fact that it's an excuse to get together to eat, drink, and be merry. With that said, I think we have one more segment of our podcast, which is our tip segment yeah, before we, we uh, before we sign off. Right. Yeah, so let's get into it. Before we close out every episode, we love to have a tip for everyone. And since we have a lovely first sponsored episode, thanks to CNH Sugar, I thought, what better tip than a simple syrups tip? Because I get asked questions all the time. And I will say, Uncle Brad, you did kind of give away some of our tips, but uh, maybe some people weren't paying attention. So we're going to go back over it. Let's do it. You All gave right. it away. I know. You you gave it away. Anyway, okay. So simple syrup tips. I have some for you. Everyone who knows me and who's close in my life will always say if I ask them, hey, what's one thing you learned from me? Equal parts water and sugar equals simple syrup. <laughs> so if there's anything from this podcast, a basic simple syrup recipe is just equal parts. If you want more than a cup serving, double it two cups sugar, two cups water. Remember, equal parts. Now, there are different syrups you can get into, but let's just say for the sake of making a simple syrup, you're just going to want 
equal parts water and sugar. I don't want to derail us, but sometimes people might see a recipe that calls for a rich, simple syrup. Mm -hmm. And when you see that, what that means is it's two parts sugar to one part water. So if you're doing... Mm-hmm. one cup of sugar, then you just do a half cup of water to make a rich, simple syrup. So I just thought I'd call it out. Yeah. Sorry, back on track, Jules. No, totally, good tip. And I want to see if people were paying attention to Brad Ooh. in storing simple syrups. Mm-hmm. So when you make a homemade simple syrup, and we highly recommend that you always make it homemade because it is far cheaper and tastes way better. So when you store it in the fridge, Two to four weeks, it should last. Now, Brad's tip is if you add about an ounce of vodka or so, you can actually increase the shelf life. Is that is that correct, Brad? Yeah, yeah. It's you're essentially fortifying the uh, the simple syrup. Now you're not creating an indefinite time period, but you're adding another couple of weeks for sure mm-hmm. to that simple syrup. So um, not a bad idea. If you make a lot and you, you know, you had a party and you only used half your simple syrup or whatever, just add a little vodka to it and uh, and it'll last a yep. keep for another couple of weeks. Well, and I will say people always ask me too, how do I know if my syrup has gone bad? You'll know it when you see it. Let me just say that. Oh, totally. Yeah. It's it like you'll see black dots show up. You'll see like it yep. look at cloudy. Cloudy. Yeah. And so uh-huh. there's like it yeah. looks like so a cirrus clouds it. floating around in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If there's if you if it's cloudy and if you see some weird stuff on the on the top layer, it's time to toss and make another batch. Yep, totally. Now, the last tip with syrup, which I think is such a fun tip, it, and it's so simple. Have fun with your syrups. You can make so many flavor combinations. I mean, literally, the opportunities with your syrups are endless, which is one of the reasons why I can't speak more highly on simple syrups. I think instead of going out and buying really expensive liqueurs or anything like that, this is a very basic way to elevate the flavor of your drink. You can do combinations of cinnamon, fig and hazelnut, lemon and thyme, orange zest and cinnamon, which by the way, I love to do. And I recently did the candy canes to make a peppermint mocha syrup. So I did candy cane and a little bit of chocolate powder Mm. and made a a homemade mocha syrup. I mean, realistically, you can do almost anything. Just whatever you can imagine, trust me, you can turn that into a simple syrup. So is there a time and a place you might buy a simple syrup? Sure. Like you're going to a party, you're going to make yeah. a cocktail. You don't want to take the time to make a simple syrup. Other than that, forget it. Like it's totally just, you guys, make a simple syrup. It's yeah. so easy. It's so easy. So easy. Yeah. Yeah. And have fun with it. So those are my simple syrup tips. Brad, did I miss anything? No, those were excellent tips and spot on. So I think we covered all the basics there, Jules. All right. Yeah. Well, again, I just want to say a very special thank you to our very first sponsor, which is CNH Sugar. Mm-hmm. Make sure to check the description mm-hmm. of this episode um, as we have all the info on everything that you need there. And good news our season two is coming early 2023. This just got me so excited for the new season to come. And there are so many cocktails. So, oh, we've got so many excited. good cocktails to talk about. <laughs> I'm so excited. I know. I'm almost like, wait, is this going to be better than the first season? But well, big shoes to fill. Oh, yeah. We had to lay the foundation. Now we're going to get exciting. Yeah, yeah. So make sure to stay tuned. And more importantly, 
Happy holidays. Happy holidays. <laughs> well, cheers. Mm. Cheers. Cheers, Jules. Well, there you have it. Cheers, Uncle Brad. Cheers, Jules. And thank you, everyone, for listening to the show. Don't worry. We will have the photos and recipes for today's cocktails on the website, joinjewels.com. And if you got questions or comments for us, hit us up on the Insta at The Art of Drinking Podcast. And of course, find Jules at Join Jewels or Cigars and Vino. That's me also on the Insta. And hey, subscribe to my cocktail club on Facebook. All you'll need to do is search Join Jewels Cocktail Club and there you'll see what other cocktail enthusiasts are shaking up. This is a Red Rock Music Podcast. Don't forget, subscribe, like, and review The Art of Drinking with Join Jewels and your favorite uncle wherever you get your podcasts.